What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because sometimes they help you to stay golden, pony boy. Yeah, so my headphone microphone combo is still on the fritz. It's in and out some of the episode. I have it. Other times I do not, like now. So my apologies. The situation should be getting rectified tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, today I got some awesome calls from Jason of Nerds RPG Variety Cast. He's got some interesting thoughts that spark a good conversation. We're going to talk about XP for treasure. We're going to talk about random tables. We're going to talk about how Jason scolds me. <laughs> Just really lets me have it. Um, and he could have he could have been right. So it's a fun one, folks. Get ready for it. Let's do it. Hey, Joe, that last part of your recording sounded like ass, man. Don't call into my show with a sound like that. I'm just messing with you. So treasure, getting XP for treasure is one of the, you know, really smart things in early D&D. That's the way it started. And people want to give D&D shit for being murder hobos and that kind of thing. But the whole treasure, you get more treasure for XP than killing monsters thing actually encourages creative thinking and encourages you to find non-combat solutions. Because in early D&D, you didn't have anything like balance. So, you know, first level party might come up against a dragon and you have to be smart enough to figure out how to work around that. So it's actually a, you know, a, a good thing good thing in the system not a bad thing and um i'm I'm glad you're coming around you know eventually you'll see the genius in the first edition DD dungeon master guide as well yo dude i am glad you brought up xp for treasure because and how it encourages exploration because it's something i wanted to talk about uh yeah i i i don't think there's anything in that system of getting XP for treasure that inherently encourages exploration. It can, it can, but it doesn't inherently, um, because you still get that XP if you kill the monster. Now, if the rule was you only get XP for treasure, if you don't kill the monster, then I would say, yeah, that does encourage exploration. Otherwise it doesn't. It, it can facilitate that, but it in and of itself does not encourage that sort of, of play. <laughs> like that comes from the outside. That comes from great DMs who encourage that kind of play and from players who want to participate in that kind of play. But XP for treasure doesn't inherently create an atmosphere to encourage exploration. You know, D&D is about fighting monsters. <laughs> That's what it's about. All the other stuff is thrown in by us from the outside. I mean, the game came from a goddamn war game. It is about fighting monsters. That's why most of the rules are about fighting monsters. The fact that you happen to get XP for treasure just means once you kill the monster, you get a bunch of XP because they had some treasure. <laughs> like, it, it, 
I don't, uh, yeah, it's a cool system. Don't get me wrong. I like it. I think it's fun. I'm excited to bring this to my players and see what they do with it because it really all comes down to play style. You could be playing a game, like, take Call of Cthulhu, for instance. It's mostly about investigation. There's a lot more rules for that than there are for combat. But it, you could get a group of players that all just want to do combat the whole time, and that's how they go through every adventure. It doesn't matter what the game is supposed to be about. It matters what your players are going to do with it. So, yeah, you know, like, I, I just... I don't get it. You know, I, I made shrimp fra diavolo tonight for the first time. Guess what? It's not going to be the best time I ever make it. I made it once. Turned out pretty good. I enjoyed it. I like to eat it. But I'll tell you this. The next time I make it, it'll be a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all I'm saying. I don't hate Gygax. He did some great stuff. I, I, I hold my Gygax body pillow every night and I just caress it. And I love it. Because he gets all the hype. <laughs> That's cool, man. Uh, but yeah. The next time I make that shrimp fra diavolo, it's going to be much, much better. So let's talk about random tables. I don't think there's anything wrong with doing random tables the way you're doing them. I mean, as even so, obviously, you know, you, you've got an impairment with your sight, so there's reasons that you don't want to run, roll random tables, you know, at the table during the game. I get that. And you know what? Even if you didn't have that impairment, you still might not want to do random tables during the session because for you, the way you do game prep, kind of like I do, you, you like to kind of think about things ahead of time and plan it out not plan it out as far as railroad, but like think about how those monsters would react or that character would react, that NPC, right? But I don't think rolling random tables ahead of time and having that prepped is a bad thing. You know, you, you roll up your things, you kind of know what's going to happen, and you set that aside, and the players do something to trigger that, great. If they don't, great, you've got it ready for the next session. So, yeah, man, I don't think there's anything at all wrong with doing it that way. And actually, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts after doing that. You, you know, the, the great thing about random tables are they help inspire creativity, right? They, they throw things out and they keep you from getting in a rut where, oh, I'm always going to throw a group of red caps at them because that's my default. And, and if you're like me, if you're not a creative person like me, random tables can really help. You know, if you're somebody like it sounds like Barney's friend is who can just pull things out of their butt and, and run with it then, or like Barney can do that kind of stuff, you know, um, then maybe you don't need random tables. You, you just make it up on the fly. Like James Schrall, that guy that does, um, subclass act, you know, he just pulls stuff out of his butt and he does great, but I can't do that. So there, there is a, a beauty to random tables, even if you roll them ahead of time. Totally, man. Yeah. You know, like when I talked about him before, I was, I was viewing them through my lens but projecting that onto random tables in general. I get their function. I understand it. I can see their usefulness and utility. And they're cool. I, I love them in this game, especially 
for building little uh like one shots there it's perfect man there's i think six or seven tables that you roll on each one asks a question and to me the questions are actually more interesting than what they have listed because i i just like the way it makes me think about a certain aspect of the adventure you know like i i we're playing Friday. I don't know if anyone that's playing in my game will hear this before Friday, but so we're playing the scenario that'll deal with some undead. And the question, one of the question is like, who opened the tomb? So you list all the NPCs that have been named and you roll. That's who opened the tomb. Then it's like, why did they open a tomb? Roll a D six. And that question, like, I'd get an answer and I'd look at it and I'd be like, okay, but this is the person I got. And then I'd morph it and change it. Yeah. I love that stuff. I love that, that creative exercise of having constraints because creativity flourishes for me, at least having some sort of constraints, you know, I get, I can get carried away in world building and everything and not focus on the thing at hand sometimes. So yeah, it's a perfect, perfect tool for that. You know, using them in the game, even without the limitations that I have, I still don't know just cause yeah. Like you were talking about, we like to kind of let the world flow. And so you might get a result you might roll on this random table and get a result that doesn't really fit. And I know you, you don't have to stick with what you got, but then at that point, kind of what's the point of rolling? So, yeah, I don't know. They're cool. They definitely serve a purpose. They're a very functional tool. They're a godsend for some folks, I bet. Absolutely, man. And, dude, you're a very – you sell yourself short, Jason. You are a creative person. I have played with you in games that you've run. I have played with you – as players, I have run games for you. You're a creative person, man. Be good to yourself. Be good to yourself. Now you can yell at me. Last thing I want to say is I want to address this unwritten rule that you mentioned. The idea that we don't name people who don't have podcasts. Actually, it's a little bit that that's a little bit of a bastardization of the rule. The rule is you, you don't name people that haven't given you permission to name them. So if somebody has a podcast and they're already out there in the public sphere, then it's okay to name them because they're already putting themselves out there. Like Joe Salvador has a, a gaming company. His name's already out there, so it's not a big deal to mention him. But some people have jobs that being associated with role-playing games might not be a great thing for them. You know, it might be an issue. So for those folks, they might not want their name thrown out there. And that's... Or there are people that use... Um, Nom deplores. I probably not even use that word right. But you know, they use nicknames and stuff. I would try to use their nicknames because they might, you know, maybe they're a principal to high school or something. They don't want their name associated with it. Who knows? And you might be saying, well, you know, if somebody doesn't want to be associated with it because their job, they shouldn't be in the hobby. But that's closed minded, man. You know better than that. You, and, and you know where I'm coming from there. I'm not saying you're saying that. But I've heard people like, oh, uh, well, you know what? I mean, you can't just say, oh, well, in real life, you hear those guys over Biggest Geekest talk this, where, oh, well, you just have to stand up for yourself and do this. 
Well, you know what? There are people that have, like, sensitive jobs that may not want to be, have their name thrown out there, and we need to respect that. You, you know what I mean? So if they call themselves Dr. Love because the nonprofit they work with doesn't want them, doesn't want to be associated with satanic role-playing games, then you don't tell them to change their jobs. You call them Dr. Love on the podcast. You know what I mean? So, but anyway, that's, that's kind of what the unwritten rule is. So I thought I should expand on that a little bit. Anyhow, don't worry about the sound of your mic. Feel free to call into my show. I'll publish it no matter what. Take care, my friend. (laughs) Sorry? (laughs) Totally, dude. I would never want to out someone who did not want to be outed. Uh, Yeah, that you're right. That would be closed-minded if I was like, if they don't want to be known, they should never be alive. That would be stupid. And I would never do that. What, what I, (laughs) and I was a little bit flippant. You're absolutely right. Privacy is important. If you are not someone who wants to be publicly known, then you should not be publicly known. What I was just kind of saying is I think it's, you know, take me, if my name, I'll use my name as an example, but if I wasn't in the social sphere and someone played a game with me and they're like, oh, Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast was in the game, Free Thrall from Keep Off the Borderlands, and Joe, who doesn't have a podcast, what I was saying is it'd be real hard to figure out who that is, who Joe is. Uh, but uh, you are 100% right in all seriousness. I would never say somebody's name that did not want it to be said i would i would never i feel weird about saying last names sometimes you know i go people call me joe richter all the time it's a little weird uh but it's not that weird i mean there were three of us running around it's no that's not true there were never three of us on the planet at the same time meaning my first middle and last name uh, I am the third in a long line of three, <laughs> uh, probably, ooh, that's dark, ending line. Anyway, <laughs> but there was only two of us ever at the same time. My paternal grandfather died when my dad was pretty young, so I never knew him. So there was Joe the first and Joe Jr. alive, and then Joe Jr. and Joe Trey alive, but never the... Three shall meet here in heaven. <laughs> Fuck. I think I'm singing because I feel guilty because Jason yelled at me and he was right to yell at me. If I was saying what he was saying that someone could be saying, then yes, absolutely. But I really wasn't saying that. I absolutely relish people's privacy, you know. There's that question all the time. Would you rather be rich or famous? I think that's a silly question. I know not everybody does. I know people who would choose famous over rich. Not me, man. (laughs) Not me. Give me rich all day. Anyway, that's it. That's it. We talked about some. We talked about the golden rule. We talked about random tables. And we talked about privacy just as advertised. So that's pretty fun. I hope everybody had an enjoyable time um, and that everybody has a nice, a nice week. You know, it's the beginning of the week. It was just the time change here in the U.S., so we lost an hour. But, you know, I'm already used to it now. That's cool. Uh, 
and yeah it's that time of year so keep it spooky even though it's november keep it goddamn spooky people it's still autumn and it rules so until next time you're awesome i hope you're doing good stuff and be good to each other peace out